Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, while I want to assure you we indeed are continuing in our study through the book of Mark, this week Pastor Jim will be preaching from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. We'll pick up next week where we left off in Mark chapter 3. But there is a connection in what we will look at this week. Pastor Jim will tie what we can learn about Jesus' Galilean ministry in John chapter 4 to what we're learning in the book of Mark. Now, we've already seen many miraculous healings that Jesus performed in Galilee, but this week's passage is unique in more than one way. You'll see what we mean as you listen in on today's slice of the message entitled, Your Son Lives. Verse 50, Jesus said to him, Go! Your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he started off. Now, I'm sure the guy hoped that Jesus would say, yes, I will come with you right away. Surely, he was afraid that Jesus might say, no, I I came to the lost sheep of Israel. You know, I'll pray for you or whatever. He, he, he figured a yes or a no. He didn't expect a remote control miracle. But in that instant, Jesus healed the son's body and he began to heal the father's soul. The fact that his heart was genuinely reaching out to Jesus is evident by his courage to do as Jesus told him to do. I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus to see if I can save my son's life. He gets to Jesus and Jesus says, go back. Ah, but he said, go back. Your son lives. That's pretty clear. He didn't say, your son's going to live. He didn't say, I'm pretty sure he'll pull through. At that moment, he healed that boy 10 or 15 miles away instantly. The slide toward death was halted. He didn't get any worse. As a matter of fact, it was instantly reversed. He was well. Verse 51, he's headed down winding path to Capernaum. And it says, as he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. Now, the servants in Capernaum, and that gives you an idea, this guy was pretty high up. He had slaves in his home. The servants saw the sudden remarkable recovery. And so they were so full of excitement, they couldn't wait to tell their master. So they take off to track him down and tell him the news. Well, there's only one way from Capernaum to, uh, well, there's probably more than one way, but the shortest way, they knew he would be coming the shortest way. They went to meet him. And it kind of gives you a hint. He was probably a pretty pleasant master to work for, that his slaves would be sharing that much joy over the recovery of the little boy. So verse 52 So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. They said, therefore, to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. He asked the logical question. 
Uh, when did he get better? You know, was it, was it right after I left the house? Has it been getting better, you know, since I've been up there knocking on Jesus' door? How did it go? And, and they said, the fever left him. That's an aorist tense. Point in time. The fever just left. Your son lives, and that also is an aorist. It, it, he, he turned around. I mean, he was by all human standards on his way to death, and all of a sudden he's fine. Well, I believe that it was at that moment that the man heard that from his slaves that this man came to salvation. Oh, it was yesterday at the seventh hour. Now, you can count Jewish time, Roman time, whatever it is. The whole point of this is it was exactly at that moment that Jesus said that. Verse 53. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. Here's another aorist. It says he believed, meaning there was a definite moment that he came to faith. The immediate evidence that his faith was genuine is that what did he do? He went on back to his house and he evangelized his whole household. That probably includes his wife, his servants, any extended family who might have lived there, if there were other children, if this wasn't a, an only child, all the children, they all came to salvation promptly. So like I said, He healed the boy's body. He healed the father's soul. And then John wraps it up with verse 54. This is again a second sign that Jesus performed when He had come out of Judea into Galilee. Now, he doesn't mean that that's the second miracle that Jesus ever did. Chapter 2, verse 23 tells us that he did other miracles while he was in Jerusalem. But this is the second one that you'll find in John. This is the second one you'll find that is done in Galilee. And John chose to include these two in his gospel. I inserted it here at this point in Mark so that you'll understand how the excitement and all those crowds built in Galilee for this time which was the backbone of Jesus' earthly ministry. And then he went on, set up his headquarters in Capernaum. And remember, right away there were huge crowds. Well, this tells you how the word had already spread like lightning. Now, Make a couple observations and applications from this. If you're working your way through John, and we're not, we're working our way through Mark, but this is worth noticing. Notice the contrast from the first sign that John mentioned, turning the water into wine, and the second sign that John mentioned. First, he shows he's Lord over creation. Turned water to wine. He's really good at physics and chemistry. You know, he, he created all that stuff. The first, meal, uh, first miracle deals with things. This second miracle deals with people. The lesson is that Jesus is both Creator and Lord of all things. The first miracle was done in the presence of Jesus. The second miracle was by remote control. And I love those miracles. They're just spectacular. The lesson is Jesus, as God, is both omniscient and omnipotent. He knew exactly who that boy was. He knew exactly where he was. He knew exactly what his condition was. And he healed him in an instant. 
first sign dealt with something physical. The second sign dealt with, with spiritual things and has spiritual consequences. Would you notice also the contrast between the faith of this Gentile and the pseudo-faith of the thrill-seekers who came to Jesus? True faith shows up in repentance and commitment. Go, your son lives. And he went. He obeyed Jesus a whole lot better than the people who knew a whole lot more than he did. That's true faith. True faith is faith faith that works. It shows visible results in a person's life. And I want you to notice, above all, how Jesus deals with people from all points of on the spectrum of belief and unbelief, and He deals with people of all kinds. Some people came to Jesus with tender, prepared hearts like Peter and John. Some people came to Jesus wrestling with intellectual questions like Nicodemus did. Some didn't seem to be seeking anything at all, but they respond when they see Jesus like Thomas did or the woman at the well. Some are apathetic and indifferent, but God plucks them out of their indifference like the blind man that Jesus heals in John chapter 9 or the man that was healed by Peter and James and John in in Acts chapter 3. He's asking for alms. And they said, ah, haven't got any change today, so I'll just have to give you what I've got. Take up your bed and walk. Healed him. Uh, Some are openly hostile persecuting believers and justifying their hatred like like Saul who became Paul. Um, You're going to encounter people in all of those various stages of belief and unbelief toward the Lord. Understand, every one of them needs to hear the very same gospel. They need to see it lived out in your life. And then you speak the truth in love. That's like singing the words accompanied by the music of the way that you live. People are all different. They're all finding different ways to display their sinfulness. They're all finding different ways to mask their their lostness or to pretend that they're righteous. But uh, we know there's none righteous, not even one. There's no man or woman who seeks God on his or her own. But we have the one message for all those people in all of those circumstances. But I also want you to realize who this guy was. He was a Gentile. Uh, The the Pharisees, uh, they wouldn't even step on the soil of the Samaritans who were half Jews. Uh, they, 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 They wouldn't do that. Well, Jesus reached out to them, reached out to people who weren't Pharisees as well, but were under their influence. And then he intentionally traipsed right through Samaria. And when he was there, he broke another one of their rules. He spoke to a woman in public. Oh, we don't do that. And then he goes into Galilee. And in the midst of all of this birdbath deep, shallow response of the thrill-seekers, Jesus zeroes in on one Gentile who comes to Him. My friends, we have one message for everyone of every background. Jesus violated countless man-made rules against 
engaging across the lines of ethnic or national boundaries. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.